the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Real Life Lending and Real Estate. Your source for real estate market updates and strategies and answers to your real estate lending questions. Now, to provide you with insight and help you navigate the constantly changing world of real estate lending, here's your host, financial services expert and vice president of Essex Mortgage, Eric Kolofsky. Hey, everybody. Good afternoon. Welcome to Real Life Lending and Real Estate. We are your Northern California show for what's new and true in mortgage finance and real estate. Uh, my name is Eric Olofsky. We're celebrating our seventh year here on the air uh, of Real Life Lending. And uh, this show was created all just because uh, all for the consumers, just people just like yourself. Uh, after the downturn, I thought that uh, we could all use a place to come, call, ask questions, find out what you can do and what you can't do in a real estate transaction. Um, so this is it. We have a ton of ways to get a hold of us. We have our text line, uh, 916-806-0606, 916-806-0606. We also have our website, reallifelending.com, reallifelending.com. And... Um, we always have uh, ways. One thing we offer all of our listeners is uh, if you're maybe you're in the middle of a purchase or a refinance transaction and maybe you're just looking for another uh, opinion or maybe uh, you're looking forward to make sure you're getting the best market deal out there, um, just pick up the phone, give us a call. I actually, actually answer the phone myself. So look forward to working with all of you. A little bit about Essex Mortgage. We fund over a billion dollars a year in residential real estate. doesn't make us a big box bank and we're thankful for that every day. Uh, what it does allow us to do is to maybe have some programs that maybe you guys haven't heard from in other lending institutions. Uh, we are a direct lender. We make all lending decisions in-house and a little more common sense underwriting, but uh, we fund everything uh, from Jumbo, VA, FHA, USDA, reverse mortgage, you name it, we'll do it. Um, and I also own and broker of record and CEO of Real Life Real Estate, which we are a real estate company here throughout Northern California. And uh, so we kind of are a one-stop shop all under one roof. This is what we do. We live and breathe this seven days a week. And we have some team members on the line right now. We have Miss Misha Dimitrak. Hi, Misha. Welcome to the show. Hey, Eric. Thanks for having me. Oh, more than welcome to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself and about your background and what you do. Well, my name is Misha Dimitrak. I'm the branch manager in sunny Santa Cruz. I have been in the lending business since 1996. And uh, part of the foundation of why I'm in the role that I'm in and for as long as I have been is because I really appreciate that this is a very in-depth industry and it requires someone with a knowledge and depth of understanding of the entire process from A to Z. I've done a lot of different functions in this industry and um, I really appreciate the opportunity to walk my clients from the beginning through the end and be a resource forevermore during their home ownership. Um, so I know you and I, Eric, are very much like-minded in that this is about educating our clients, creating informed consumers, and, and letting them know that they have an ally in this process. 
Absolutely. We we are educators, and that's kind of the mantra of what we do and, and our whole show is uh, started on. But I think we're all crazy a little bit for, for uh, lasting this long in this yeah. industry. Um, <laughs> it's the same It's the same as basically as it was in 1996, right, Misha? Nothing's changed. <laughs> it, it's just as wild. It's just as wild. It changes, you know, on the drop of a dime. And um, the information that we share with our clients, you know, we, we have to routinely check up on. Uh, we you're held to continuing education, but that is even you know that's just a standard every year. But that doesn't keep us on top of our A game. What keeps us on top of our A game is our clients' wants and needs, and making sure that we understand what's available to help them achieve their goals. Absolutely, you know I, I I'm celebrating my 30th year this year in this industry, and and I hold a lot of hats. But the best part of my job and the best job that I have is sitting across the table uh, from folks like yourself, listening and helping you buy that first home, maybe that second home, or maybe that first investment property. But you know we're not doing much across the kitchen table right now. But I'm sure we'll get back to that really soon. Uh, and which kind of brings me to a point is you know we're we've adapted in our industry as we have with a lot of other major downturns, especially the one that actually started this show. Um, um, every time there's some type of economic uh, change or holdback or crisis or whatever side of the political fence you fall on, whatever you're going to call it, uh, industry adapts. You know, when during the downturn in 2008, 2010, we changed how we did business, who did business. Banks went away. Sometimes that was a good thing. Loan officers went away and uh, products went away. So here we adapted and now our industry is really strong and more common sense and you have to have a job and income and credit uh, to, uh, to acquire a mortgage. However, uh, it, it, it does uh, kind of institute again, you know, with the institution of COVID and, and what's going on. We've adapted our industry. We've seen a lot of changing guidelines in our industry for just about across the board when this all came out. We're starting to see some, some, some things coming back to the way of some sense of normalcy as far as loan products. But there's so much information and misinformation, you know, on memes and Facebook and social media and other uh, uh, platforms that, you know, there's there's a lot of misinformation out there, and that's our job as real estate professionals to kind of reel all those in and kind of give you the facts of what you can do and what you can't do. And some of the things we talk about every week is forbearance. Luckily, the 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 forbearance requests, hopefully, because people are listening to the show, have are starting to minimize and are, are at the lowest they've been in the last four months. But uh, let's test base on that really quick, Misha. If some people are in a forbearance or thinking about getting into a forbearance or looking for the option. Maybe they need to. Uh, by no means do we want anybody hurting, but touch base on that a little bit, Misha. All right. For those of you who are uh, homeowners right now and you have a mortgage, if your job, your income has been impacted by COVID-19 and you are having or looking at the prospect of the inability to make your mortgage payment, you can reach out to your current loan servicer where you're making your payments and request a forbearance. Forbearance means you're not held to making payments in the specific months that you've been granted forbearance in. It doesn't necessarily mean that you won't be reported to the credit bureaus, although we are seeing less and less of that. We're In the beginning, that was a question. Uh, now it's not so much. Um, but it does mean that you will continue to accrue interest on your loan. And when that forbearance is up, when that time frame, set time frame is up, you will owe the entire amount that you have put on pause and the current month's payment. Now, forbearance means we will not proceed with foreclosure action, but that doesn't mean that the mortgage isn't accruing interest. That doesn't mean they won't report on the credit report to the agencies that you're in forbearance. 
having your accounts in forbearance and having your mortgage payments not being made makes you ineligible to refinance. So for people who are in the position where they legitimately need this service, it is there for them and there to support them in feeding their families and keeping the lights on. For people who are looking at this thinking, well, this will be great. I'll just save some pocket money and, uh, oh, and then I'll take care of those uh, refinances that I wanted to capture low rates on, they're going to run into a problem. And it is something that we are seeing, you know, people struggling with in, in the market is that maybe they just called to inquire about forbearance and they automatically were put into it. There are ways to get that corrected, but if you are not actively making your payments, it can impact your ability to secure a a low rate refinance until you are fully current on your mortgage again. Right. And, and again, I think that uh, misinformation is, hey, Eric, I've heard I don't have to catch up immediately. And, and that's true. And what's going to happen at that instance is you're going to be asked to complete an application for a loan modification. And your servicer would have to approve that modification. And at that point, you may have to provide some information showing an actual hardship during COVID. And, uh, and if that's valid, and you should have no problem. But, you know, it all gets back to your credit report. Fortunately, the forbearance and the payments don't show up as a missed payment. Your credit score is still intact, at least from what I've seen so far. Right, Misha? Credit scores are still remaining where they are? Right. Yeah. In the beginning, there was some confusion with servicers about how they were going to handle this. Um, It's gotten to be a much cleaner process, of course, for for a lot of different aspects of what's going on with the pandemic. But Mm -hmm. we are seeing that credit scores are not being negatively impacted. But the indication of the account being in forbearance means you're not making your payments. And in order to qualify for a refinance, you have to be making active and current payments. Right. And, and again, you know, it all gets back to credit. And that's one of the things, the topics that I really want to get back. So, again, just to recoup that forbearance, we want people to to be well, take care of your family, keep the roof over your head, do what you have to do to survive. But if it's at all possible, uh, there are some ramifications and you may have to apply for a loan modification down the road. So keep that in mind. And kind of one of the things we want to, that, that touches on is, yes, they're not reporting late to the credit bureaus, which means your credit score is not going to be affected with a mispayment. But we look at a lot of credit reports over the years and there are some tricks and some things that people may have a reason I, why I can't buy. And, you know, there are some programs that you can actually get pre-approved with if you have a FICO score in the fives and in a little 580, but doesn't mean if you have a 580 FICO score, you should be going out and buying a home. But maybe you were in a situation years ago that maybe you had an economic event that you just had reestablished credit. And there are some things and programs out there that are made just for you. And I think, Misha, one of the things that you and I do uh, with our clients is we'll go do a credit analysis. We'll sit down with folks. Maybe we can learn some of the things we've learned over the years has helped them maybe get that score a little higher to maybe get a little bit better rate or qualify for a different program. Um, I think people have a lot of questions about credit. Are you seeing that as well? Absolutely. It's a common theme that we deal with in this industry because there there's no class that you go to to teach about credit, how to gain the, the best credit scores, about credit utilization. Um, a lot of times I'm running into clients who they make enough money in certain markets where they don't utilize debt, and that has adversely affected their ability to qualify for the best rate loan because they don't use credit, even if they don't have right. bad credit. Uh, so we do a lot of education about how to balance out their credit scores teaching people the right ways to manage their debt and to actively exercise their debt. It's a muscle. If you don't use it, you will lose it. 
And that score that you're aiming for is a numeric depiction of your ability to understand borrow, repay. So we definitely need you to be out there thinking about your credit as an integral part of your ability to qualify, just as much as your income, just as much as your job history. Those are all key components of making sure that you get the best available rates um, and opportunities. Right. And just a, just a point, because we run into this all the time is, you know, I have people coming into my office showing me uh, their their credit card score, uh, credit score uh, analysis that uh, they check each month. And <laughs> you know, every time you pull a credit score, uh, depending on who pulls it and how they pull it, there's a different algorithm. So a, an auto loan is going to have a different algorithm than a credit card and a credit card is going to have a different uh, algorithm than than your AT&T setting up services for utilities. And you're going to have a different algorithm for buying a home. And I've seen, you know, somebody walk in with a 750 showing me on their phone that they have and their 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 mortgage pull is below 700. So just think that just because of what you're seeing on your consumer um, uh, uh, site or what you're seeing on your phone isn't going to be necessarily what you're going to see on a mortgage pull. So because we mortgage lenders, we all have to pull all three credit bureaus and we have to use the middle score from all borrowers, not the lowest, not the highest, but the mid score from all borrowers. And it's all gets back to at least starting that process and knowing where we're at. And so we can identify that. And, you know, let's continue talking about credit after our first break. Again, folks, our text line is 916-806-0606. Thanks for listening to Real Life Lending and Real Estate. This is Real Life Lending and Real Estate with financial services expert, Eric Olofsky. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Real Life Lending and Real Estate. My name is Eric. I'm here with Misha Dimitruk from Santa Cruz, our branch manager. And before the break, we were kind of going through credit. And um, Misha made a good point. And, and one of the, as a father of two young girls, it's, it's tough to see that there are no actually classes about credit, which I think there drastically needs to be in our educational system. So that falls upon us as parents to make sure that folks understand exactly how to use credit. Uh, there are a lot of schools of thought on this. And I know there's a financial guru out there that's all over the radio that uh, has uh, uh, insists that uh, you should have no credit. And mortgages can be done without a credit report. And they actually can, but they're called a manual underwrite. And a manual underwrite does not have the best rates. And his philosophy is, well, over 30 years, you're going to recoup that higher rate uh, uh, without paying credit. So I'm a little I'm in disagreement with that. Misha, where do you fall on that guideline? I, I disagree also. I think there's so many aspects of the modern world that rely heavily on your credit score. Um, auto insurance. People don't know that auto insurance companies will pull your credit. If you have great credit, there's no benefit. If you have bad credit or no credit, you are sort of penalized in that you carry higher premiums, which makes no sense to me. Your driving record and your credit history don't really align, but that's how they look at things. Um, if you wanted to buy a car and you wanted to capitalize on these amazing offers that they're, they're issuing right now for you know, no money down, seven-year financing, 0% interest, if you were not playing in the debt game and managing that effectively to gain the best score, you would not be able to capture all of those best opportunities. So I think while I appreciate that every piece of debt has some aspect to it that could have a downside, we do a great job, I believe, at this company, Eric. You and I specifically know that we, we coach our clients on how to utilize debt in the best ways to benefit them. 
And and that's what I think is the most important thing to look at is um, the shift in mentality about acceptable debt that that younger generations are absolutely understanding. I mean, we're in the day and age where you can't even get a free cell phone anymore. You have to finance it and pay 25 bucks for it. So all of the aspects of our world are are shifting. And while, again, while I I appreciate the concept that that debt carries interest and that interest in and of itself costs you, there are opportunities, particularly with a mortgage and the tax benefit that comes along with paying mortgage interest, that there's interest that benefits you in other aspects. And getting smart about that will help you be a, an informed consumer. Yeah, and it, it really is. Uh, it's not a simple math equation of what benefits you the most. And uh, But by no means am I telling you to go out and incur debt to create your credit score. In fact, just the opposite. You know, those of you that have listened to this show and you listened to the start back seven years ago, I was, I was one of the biggest proponents of never use your home as an ATM and live within your means. And, but even, even just keeping a $20 balance on a credit card. And I'm sorry, Mr. Radio host, uh, national radio host, $20 balance is not going to incur interest. Uh, that's going to be detrimental to your long-term wealth or well-being. Uh, but, you know, one of the biggest things that I use as an example, I have a great listener to the show that uh, we went through the pre-approval process, had a score, believe it or not, in the 800s. We rarely see scores, mid-scores in the 800s, even after, I mean, even if you're stellar, it's very hard to keep that, that, uh, that uh, mid-score. Um, and then, uh, he went out, searched for a home, got his pre-approval done, went to um, – uh, actually found his, his dream home, went into contract, and um, we because it was been over 30 days, we had to do a credit fresh. And right before I did, he said, oh, Eric, by the way, I paid off all my debt. I owe nothing. My score should be even higher. Well, Misha, what do you think when we, happened when we refreshed his credit? And he owed nothing. Yep, it plummeted. <laughs> yeah, it, it probably went down by 70 points. So, and I know that sounds extreme and people say, nah, but e- even when we do credit analysis and we're looking at your credit, because we have, we work with a credit company that, that can basically tell us, all right, where do we get our mass, the, the mass for our dollars? We can pay this card down to this amount, this card down to this amount. What's going to have the biggest effect on my score? And it's something that we do for free for all of our clients. However, a lot of times, very rarely do they say pay it down to zero. A lot of times they'll pay, pay it down to $20 or pay it down to, to $30 because like Misha said in her opening statement is that using the, the use of credit and using it as a utility and uh, it, it does affect and it does affect your long-term financial health. I'm very confident of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and again, one of the things that, that we can do, and I know Misha will as well, Misha's in the Bay Area, and folks, we have Bay Area real estate rising right now. And if you want to go through that pre-approval process, Misha, how does somebody get a hold of you? You can reach me by phone at 831-435-0385. My email is Misha, M as in Michael, E-S-H-A at EssexMortgage.com or uh, Facebook and LinkedIn. Yeah, you know, we are seeing a stunning rebound in Bay Area real estate. Uh, home sales surged 70% from May to June. Prices rose 3.6%. Give Misha a call. Get pre-approved today. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Real Life Lending and Real Estate with financial services expert Eric Olofsky. 
All right, everybody, welcome back to Real Life Lending and Real Estate. We are your Northern California show for what's new and true in mortgage and finance. My name is Eric Olofsky. I'm here with Misha Dimitrek. And again, our text line is 916-806-0606. We've got a text from, looks like, Cherie saying, Hey, Eric, uh, thinking about buying a home, is it smart to open a lot of new accounts to boost my score? Misha, you want to take that? Absolutely. Sheree, thank you for this question. This is something that happens for a lot of people. So as I relayed before, your credit score is a numeric depiction of your ability to understand borrow, repay. When you open a new account, initially your score will come down. You have a new account with money owed or a balance owed and no payment history. Typically, after you have made the sixth on-time payment, So essentially seven months after you've opened an account, you will start to see the benefit of those of that new account. Now, take into consideration that the last thing we want you to do in order to gain a better credit score is to go out and take out a bunch of unnecessary consumer debt. When looking to establish credit or build credit from the ground up, really take a look at the things that you're spending cash on right now. When you go to the gas station, open that credit card that gets gas reward miles, put your gas your card in the, in the machine, run it through, and before you put on your seatbelt and drive away, log on into your online bill pay and send a payment for that $45 in gas that you just pumped. That's the best way to go about it because now you are managing your debt in a, a really smart way. You're not putting interest out there for yourself to float, but you are exercising that debt muscle. And then you never get surprised with that big bill that if you don't have debt before, that's going to be the risk that you run that could get people into trouble. So opening a bunch of new debt is not ideal. The best scores are achieved when you have at least three open and active trade lines. So that's three open and active accounts that you're utilizing at least on a monthly basis. And be smart about the cards that you're looking at. Look for ones that carry rewards that are going to benefit your actual lifestyle. There are credit cards that give you rewards for your groceries. There are credit cards that give you rewards for travel. Um, There are credit cards, again, that give you rewards for gas or to specific points within a store. Um, The last thing, though, that we want you to do is to go out, um, particularly, and open up a bunch of retail cards and buy a whole bunch of new clothes and say, well, this is how I'm going to get my credit score up. Um, that, yes, that, if you need that to buy good. the clothes that you have to cash to do that now, that's one way of doing it. But I definitely would encourage you to look at your mm. everyday expenditures that you're using cash, your groceries, your gas, your cell phone, your, uh, your auto insurance. All those things that you set up and pay every month through your checking account could be funneled through your credit account paying them off before they accrue any interest, and then you are, again, smartly exercising those muscles. Yeah, and and on the flip side of that, so we don't want to open a number of new accounts, but if you have established accounts, and uh, a lot of times I get that same question, uh, should I close these accounts? Will it make my credit score go go up? And absolutely not. In, In my experience, if you're closing available credit on a seasoned account, in other words, you have $5,000 available credit to you. Uh, That actually helps your debt service or your debt ratio. Or if you close that account, then it reduces that 5,000 available. Now, 
you know, if it's something that has an annual card, there's some things that you can you can think about that in the long run. But if you're in the middle or you're planning on buying a home in the short term, uh, leave your accounts that you're, uh, as they are. Let uh, somebody like my, Misha or myself actually do an analysis and find out what the best bang for your dollar would be, what can be done to raise your score. Because a lot of times, like I mentioned earlier, paying everything off would have the detriment. Sometimes what you think might be beneficial to you is not. And especially if accounts are over two years old, they're not late, they're not going to affect your account that much so uh, a good question Sheree thanks for listening to the show all right when we come back we're going to continue talking about your local real estate market I've got lots of things going on and I want to touch base on rates today where they're at and why you need to refinance now all right folks thanks for listening to real life lending and real estate this is real life lending and real estate with financial services expert Eric Olofsky all right, everybody, welcome back to Real Life Lending and Real Estate. My name is Eric Olofsky. I'm here with Misha Dimitruk, and we're talking about local market lending these days, what's going on throughout California and actually the U.S. And on the line, we have a friend of the show, Mr. Michael Hewitt, broker extraordinaire. Hi, Michael. How are you today? Hi, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Remind everybody who you are and what you do. My name is Michael Hewitt, and I'm an owner, broker, sole property advisors in Santa Cruz, California. And I'm here to update uh, the market on kind of uh, the South Bay and uh, especially the Santa Cruz market on what's going on as we have an influx of uh, new buyers coming in as folks are leaving our metropolitan areas and moving this way. Tell them what they're in for over here. Yeah, no kidding. You know, the we're seeing the same thing. Um, in fact, Tahoe, I have an article in front of me that they can't keep inventory because folks, like you mentioned, are leaving the cities. And if they're going to shelter in place and work from home, why not work from home someplace amazing and beautiful? So same in Santa Cruz, right? Absolutely. And uh, when you're not going into work, like you said, and uh, working from home, uh, what better place to be? It's 73 and beautiful here today. And... Uh, just one of those spectacular Santa Cruz days here. So I, I gave out a, threw out a stat earlier in the show that the Bay Area home sales surged about 70% from May to June. Are you seeing the same type of growth in Santa Cruz or a little more tamed? Uh, you know, it's the same. We went from uh, in uh, May, we had 3.3 months of inventory, and we're down, as of today, 1.1 months of inventory. So you can see the drastic wow. swing. And we, yeah, and uh, days on market have absolutely shrunk down. We have average days on market of twenty days right now. Wow. Yeah, I mean it, it's amazing the way things are playing out uh, amidst the craziness that's going on. Um, so I mean, obviously, inventory is probably really tight right now. It's very tight right now, and. So much. Uh, we have, I think I just counted nine escrows going, and four of those were off-market deals. You know, um, and and that's how things are getting done. We are running into people who are are missing out on properties over and over and over again. And we've had a few here recently, and come over to our brokerage and get into contract because uh, we know how to go about it. And a lot of these are off-market deals that people bring to us, and for whatever reason, um, we're able to move our clients into it and see the, see uh, what what their advantages are in doing that. 
I think that all gets back to, I think what, what you and I discussed the last time you were on the show is we have this pent up buyers, uh, that this buyer's pool that's sitting, been waiting, ready to go. And they've just been waiting for the ability to go out and even look at property and have kind of put that, I guess we call it a selling season off, but it, you know, it has drastically changed both throughout California, not only there when you're seeing, I'm seeing the same thing all the way up to the Reading area that folks are just buying, you know, just as soon as something hits the market, we're talking days, hours on market sometimes in, in, in some transactions. So what does that tell us, Michael, is that if your home's been on the market for more than 20 days, it needs a price reduction? Price redu- reduction or remarketing it. Um, we're running into uh, situations all the time where out-of-area realtors are posting here and it's being posted wrong and it's not showing up on the MLS or they put it in multiple units and it's not being seen by the public and and there's there's all kinds of reasons things lag like that but a lot of times it's really the marketing and getting the the property cleaned up to really show it in its best light and uh, we see that a lot of times uh, selling rental properties where the renters aren't the neatest and tidiest of people and the sellers do themselves an injustice by allowing it to be shown in that manner, whereas you could get them out and with the days on market, you're barely going to miss one rent payment and still going to be able to capitalize on, on getting the absolute most out of the property. So um, a lot of mistakes uh, we see uh, being made you know, these days, and uh, we try to curb those so we can maximize whoever's selling and then buyers to get them a good deal. So it's, it's the game of real estate, and, um, and, and really right now is really being having somebody that has a lot of knowledge and how to get things sure. done. Well, given the, the lack of inventory in the short days on market, do you have anything to uh, to talk to us about? Anything you want to sell today on the radio? You know, we, we just got uh, the okay to sell a uh, uh, place at 1720 Ocean Street, and it's a, it's a townhouse, a three-bedroom, two-bath, but it's uh, the location is spectacular, easy on and off, and, and really uh, been updated, and uh, I think we're at 759 for that, and that uh, is on its way to the market again until someone uh, says, hey, we'll pay 759 without going on the market and going through the headache. Um, and then uh, uh, what else we got coming up? Uh, everything else is in contract. We are in, in negotiations with four or five other properties that come up that I'll about I will once we get all the documentation uh, line that I will share with you. But really, everything we got coming on is going immediately into contract. It's it's just absolutely amazing um, the appetite out there right now. Well, interest rates are phenomenally low and coupled that with low inventory and then coupled that with a pandemic and people are just anxious to get out. And like you mentioned earlier, you know, we're seeing something that we haven't seen for a long time in the city where rents are actually decreasing. Um, and because people, like you said, are moving outside the city. And I think that's going to continue. I, I truly believe, especially with what's going on and, and, and where some political uh, venues are happening that I think we're going to see. And Santa Cruz is such a unique spot where it's got all types of property. You've got luxury. You've got rural. You've got just about the whole gamut of types of real estate. And uh, we run across that all the time as well. And, um, Michael, how does somebody get a hold of you? They want to thinking about maybe listing their property or helping you find a new one? Um, you can always uh, look us up on soulpropertyadvisors.com and uh, reach out to me that way, or the best is reach out to me directly, 
2008. Hey, Michael. And uh, thanks for, we'll, get you, go we'll ahead. get you going in the right direction. All right, sir. Well, Michael, thank you for being part of the show. Call us back when you've got some other properties. You're always welcome. Thank you very much, and you guys have a great day. All right. Thank you. You know, all right, folks, when we come back, I'm going to talk to you about an amazing property we have up the hill a little bit, amazing six-bedroom, four-bath house. No, not one million. No, not two million, not three million. Let's talk about it right after this. You're listening to Real Life Lending and Real Estate with financial services expert, Eric Olofsky. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Real Life Lending and Real Estate. My name is Eric Olofsky. I'm here with Misha Dimitruk, our Santa Cruz branch manager. And, uh, you know, again, the, 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 what we're seeing in our industry, I think, is really unique. We're seeing a lot of folks that are leaving the city um, and moving out, out, out uh, to the suburbs. And I think that's going to continuing trend. And there's a, there's a fact that I want everybody to know. There is no set rule. Again, let me say that again. No set rule for how far you can live away from your job. Um, there, I've heard other lenders say 50 miles, 75 miles. I've heard all these numbers thrown out. Fannie, Freddie, VA, FHA, none of those programs have any set mileage restrictions that you have to live within so many miles of your employment. So with that said is we have a lot of super commuters uh, that are living outside the area and outside the city, whether it just be over in the East Bay, uh, which is an hour drive depending on traffic. Or whether you're up in the Sacramento region, where sometimes it's an hour and a half. And I even have a, a client that uh, tr- uh, commutes from El Dorado Hills, which is 25 miles northeast of Sacramento, to Santa Cruz. He's a firefighter. So there, again, it just has to make sense to an underwriter. And what makes more sense is, hey, I, I, I don't want to live uh, or I can't afford to live where my job is. And whether you're down in the Bay Area or Silicon Valley or, or, the, or San Francisco where the median price is, is in the 1.6 range, it, it, it definitely helps. And, and again, I want you to understand that we do this all the time. And the best thing you could do is get pre-approved. In fact, we have, especially a lot of the luxury homes is what I'm finding uh, up in, whether it be the Folsom, the El Dorado Hills, the Granite Bay area up above Sacramento, we're seeing, I would say most 80% of the inquiries are folks from the Bay area. Um, we have folks that are selling their you know, their 2,000 square foot house for $3 million in Burlingame and moving up the hill. And here's a great example. We have an amazing property that actually uh, has been seen by a couple Bay Area buyers, but it's still still on the market. Um, it's in Cotaverdera Country Club, which is one of the premier golf courses and country clubs here in the area. And it is 4,840 square feet, six bedrooms, four bathrooms. Uh, and it has a bocce ball court, a pool, an outdoor kitchen, a pizza oven, and a vineyard. Uh, Misha, what do you think that property would cost down in uh, in Santa Cruz? <laughs> yeah, how many millions? You mean? Uh, you know what? And it's kind of funny. It, it's it, it's just what you're getting, and we're seeing this this time and time again. That's why folks are leaving. But this property is listed currently, uh, and it's only been in the market a few days at one point one seven zero. Um, so just uh, under one, two, you can have almost 5,000 square feet on half an acre with six bedrooms. And and again, these are some of the things that we're seeing. And I've had folks that are just amazed by how far their dollar will go a little further out. Doesn't mean you have to quit your job. A lot of us are working from home these days. And like we said earlier, if you're going to be confined and working from home or sheltering in place, why not have a bocce ball court 
in your backyard. You're getting a lot of requests for uh, out, of, out moving, either whether it be out of state or out of the area, Misha. I definitely am. Uh, definitely, uh, and and I see that being uh, across the board. We're going to see more and more of it as employers recognize that their employees are fully capable of doing their jobs remotely. Um, they're they're going to say, well, then what am I paying all this high rent retail space to you know to house people in an office to pay the electricity bill when I can pay my employees better, maybe offset their benefits a little bit more, and they can live where they love their lifestyle. So right. it's definitely something that I'm I'm looking at with clients, and um, what I would like all of our listeners to know is is that Essex Mortgage may have its corporate office in California, but we have lending opportunities throughout the greater United States. And Misha, how does somebody get a hold of you if they want to get pre- pre-approved by you? How does somebody get a hold of you? One. Four three five zero three eight five Misha, and we do lend. We we do lend in fifty states, and Misha is licensed in Oregon and California. Folks, I want to thank you again for listening. And if you're a real estate agent or a NMLS licensed loan officer, give me a call. Let's talk about the last job you're ever going to have in this industry. Give me a call nine one six eight zero six zero six zero six. We'll see you same time next week. Thanks for listening to Real Life Lending and Real Estate. <laughs> 